That's the way he knew that something, something had transpired at the house. And the only way the world will ever know that something's going on in the house is if they hear a certain sound coming from the Father's house. Praise God. I think all of Denver ought to hear the sweet sounds coming from the Father's house. They ought to hear music and dancing and praise and worship because there's reconciliation and something's taking place here. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, it's good to be in the Colorado district. Amen. And uh, well, this is, I like it already. First night. I, I don't like those that wait till the last night. And then finally, it's kind of like we used to say, you know, well, if they sing it one more time, I might do something. Amen. <laughs> Sitting next to people like that would get you hurt. Those are the kind of people that have yet to understand. It says, enter into his presence, not explode. <laughs> They'll punch you in the mouth and stomp on your foot. Some of us aren't in the Holy Ghost all the time. <laughs> but there's something about, we, we just need to turn loose and let God work. Just let God work. Amen. Praise God. I feel very strong about the service tonight. Uh, <clears throat> very, very strong. Amen. If you'll turn with me to the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. I say that it's my honor to be here and uh, be here, Brother Hale, in this district, this local church. Amen. I may appreciate your district superintendent tonight. Amen. The great work he's doing. Amen. And. Uh, I, I told my wife today, I said, if getting somewhere, the conflict of getting somewhere is any, any indication to a good meeting, then we're going to have a good meeting. Amen. I left the house early this morning, plenty of time. Matter of fact, I knew it would be a little traffic, but uh, I sat for about three hours in wonderful Bay Area traffic. Amen. And uh, my flight was to leave at 8.40, and I got to the airport at 8.36. And uh, needless to say, and then they couldn't find my ticket. And I just started laughing. The lady said, sir, you find this humorous? I said, yes, ma'am, I do. I find it very humorous. Amen. I said, you might as well laugh. There ain't nothing else going to work. <laughs> she said, well, I've had a bad day, and I don't feel like laughing. I said, well, I don't know what you can do about that, except just go ahead and laugh anyhow. Just... I said, you can't change it, can you? She said, well, I'm feeling better already. I said, well, do us both laugh together, praise God. Amen. Matthew chapter 16. And I'm going to begin reading verse number 17. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to preach tonight, and we've heard that before, but I want to tell you why hell cannot prevail. Why hell cannot prevail against the church. Praise God. I'm going to 
take you on a little journey here and then the close of it I really feel that God wants to touch us in a very supernatural way I feel like he wants to minister to us tonight amen how many come needing something this week from the Lord amen how many come hungry for the word of the Lord and the touch of the Holy Ghost amen let's clap one more time lift your voice give the Lord a shout of praise praise God I love you your Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. It all started by Jesus asking the question, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And of course, the reply coming from the disciples some say thou art Jeremiah, some say Elias, John the Baptist, to one of the prophets. And that is where all revelation begins. It begins by what somebody else tells you about him. Somebody else's understanding about him. Somebody else's revelation about him. Amen. But if you go any further, it's going to have to go from what somebody else says to him asking you a question. Now that you've told me what others have said about me, I'm going to ask you, who do you say I am? There are three dimensions to Revelation. The first dimension is what somebody else tells you about him. The second dimension is what you tell or what you see about him in a personal sense. It was there that Simon Peter spoke up and said, Thou art the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus speaks back and says, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Thank God for spiritual revelation. I got news for you. You didn't figure out who he was because you have a high enough IQ. You didn't figure it out because you sat down and decided to study the scripture from a historical or poetic sense. But you received revelation because of the illumination of the Spirit. It was somewhere in a prayer meeting. It was somewhere in a Bible study. It was somewhere locked up in the Holy Ghost that all of a sudden the light of heaven come on and you recognize, hey, wait a minute. He is not the second person of the fictitious trinity. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He's not Jehovah Junior. He is God incarnate, to wit God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. He is the son of the living God. Oh, yes, he is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'll never forget, I was on the phone uh, one afternoon. We had prayed a lady through uh, there when I was pastoring in Oakmogee, and, and uh, she was coming. She told me one out of church, she said, Brother Morgan, I accept what you're teaching, but I don't see it. I accept it that it's right because I've been around here enough to know. But she said, I don't quite see it. And so a couple of days later, she called me on the phone and, and uh, she said, Brother Morgan, could you explain it to me one more time? And I said, all right, I'm going to tell you a verse of scripture. This, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And I went on down and said, and there are three that bear witness in the earth, the water, the blood, and the spirit. And these three agree in one. I said, water and blood are the components of his humanity. The spirit is his deity. They agreed in one. That one is Jesus Christ. 
When I said that, all of a sudden she went to talking in tongues. I heard the telephone clink around on the floor and I hung up. I said, she'll call me back here in just a few seconds. About 15 minutes later, she called back. She said, oh, Brother Morgan, I seen it, I seen it, I seen it, I seen it. She said, oh, it's a wonderful thing, I seen it. And she went to talking in tongues again. Amen. I got the feeling that Jesus could have said about her and all of us the same thing he said about Simon Peter. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but it's the Spirit, it's the Father which is in heaven that gives you understanding to who I am. Oh, praise God. Oh, I'm glad I know who he is tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. That's the second dimension to Revelation. Amen. Some of you, that's where a lot of us stop. Amen. It's on the second dimension. But the third dimension is, is very powerful. Now watch what Jesus says. He said, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Amen. The third dimension of Revelation is when the Spirit speaks to you who you are in the body. Oh, praise God. You're a part of this big rock, Simon Peter. It's more than just the revelation of who I am. I am not complete until you're a part of the picture. You're going to be a, a little lively stone built upon a large stone. Well, praise God. We apostolics have been shouting for years about the mighty God in Christ, and we're still going to shout. But I think it's time for somebody to wake up and realize, beloved, now are you the sons of God. I'm a part of something majestic. I'm a part of something splendid. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got I, I to I gotta hurry. I got to hurry. He said, I said, thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to notice when he said in the gates of hell that the word hell is actually Hades, which is the confine or the abode of the dead, the grave. Amen. In other words, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates, and the gates is where the wisdom or the strength of the city was found. And what he is saying is, upon this rock I will build my church, and the strength or the wisdom of the grave will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to understand that there are two key statements here. Number one, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Death shall not prevail against the church. But if, if you really understand that there is a deep contrast in this text, first of all, the gates of hell shall not prevail. We, we understand that. But you also have to understand where Simon said that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, or the son of the eternal God. I asked a man the other day, he was trying to tell me that Jesus Christ was some sort of a spirit being and, and he was the second person of the Trinity and he was co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent. And I said, you mean to tell me that Jesus Christ as the second person is co-eternal? He said, that's exactly right. I said, you're telling me his body was eternal, his spirit. He said, that's right. I said, let me ask you a question. How can you kill something that's eternal? I said, the very statement that you use, that he's co-eternal, making his body eternal or spirit. I said, if that's the case, how in the world can you kill something that's eternal? Something that's eternal has always been and always will be. Never has an ending. Not even for three days it doesn't have an ending. It was not, it was not the second person of the Trinity that died on the cross, some eternal something. It was the body of Jesus Christ. It was flesh and blood that died on the cross. 
But the revelation that Simon got is you are the son of the living God. You are the son of the eternal God. You are the son of something that is, was, has always been and always will be. Amen. I want you to understand that before any type of revelation can ever come to any of us, there must be and there has to be a contrast for it to make sense. Here we go. Praise God. Amen. In other words, Simon, if you're really going to understand the living God, you've got to have something to compare it to. And if you're going to compare something that's living, you've got to have a contrast to it. And so I've got to show you that this living God cannot be brought down, cannot be subdued, cannot be held by the strength of the, oh, praise God, oh, or the wisdom of the grave. It cannot hold him, praise God. It's not going to hold him. It has no power to hold him. But you can never understand that he is the living God until you've got a backdrop. You've got a contrast. You've got something to compare it to. Well, praise God, praise God. I might as well just tell you right now. Hell cannot prevail against the church because the church is built upon the rock of revelation. Oh, praise God. I don't quite understand what you mean by that. Well, let me explain it to you. It is built upon the rock of revelation, not just the revelation that he is the son of the living God. It is built upon the rock of all revelation. It is God's ability and God's power to reveal himself. In other words, there is not one thing that hell can produce, that hell can concoct, that hell can come up with, that I have not already subdued it, conquered it. It's just a part of my plan. It's not out of control. It's not offbeat somewhere. It's a part of my... Oh. Am I making sense so far? <laughs> In other words, anything that hell comes up with, See, I get tickled with people that kind of that believe, I start to say teach, but believe that all of a sudden in the garden, God is in trouble. Oh, I've got to do something quick. The devil's come down here and messed my plan up. Oh, humanity's really fallen and I've got trouble here and we better do something real fast. I, I, I don't believe that. I, I just tell you my own personal theory. This is the gospel according to Mark right here. Praise God. Amen. Where the hell I believe, see, I never could understand, and I preach this another sermon, I won't borrow it right here. I, I never could understand if God knew what the devil, if he's foreknowledge, if he's omnipresent. In other words, when we say he's omnipresent, that doesn't just mean he feels all uh, time or space. That means that he feels past, present, and future. God lives in an ever-present now. That's how come uh, he could talk about things that are not as though they are because while he's in this building right now, he's back at the creation. While he's back at the creation and in this building right now, he's also over here at the end of a time where the angels proclaiming a time shall be no more. He feels all of that in one span. <laughs> and so before the devil was ever created, he was over here watching him being cast out. And he used to intrigue me, God, if you knew what he was going to do, you could have saved me, you and a lot of people, a bunch of trouble <laughs> by not creating him. Or when you knew what he was going to do, just zap him. Just, just hit him with one of those lightning bolts you got. <laughs> I thought about that, about a few other people too, praise God, amen. Just, just nuke him. 
Just get it over with. Get him out of the way. And, and I finally realized one day, no, 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 no. See, once God tells you something or once God reveals something, he cannot come back and tell you something contrary or something different. But it doesn't stop him from creating something that can. The devil is not the opposite of God. He's nothing more but a created being for the purpose of God. In other words, God said, look, if you're going to understand who I am, i got to have something kind of to the opposite over here. i got to have a contrast over here. So I'm just going to create this over here. You say you have faith, but you don't know you have faith until the devil comes and tells you something contrary and tells you a lie. And if God says, I'm a healer, the devil comes and says, he's not a healer. And God says, I'm a deliverer, and the devil says, he's not a deliverer. And God says, I'm a way maker, and the devil says, he's not. It's then in there that you're faith is tested you don't know you got faith until the devil comes along and says something totally contrary Woo, praise God then the test is on then you have to make up your mind whose report will I believe I choose to believe the report of the Lord if he said he's a healer I proclaim him tonight to be a healer oh hallelujah Woo. now now let, let, I got hurt I got hurt. Let me explain this to you. In other words, the devil is used, hell is used, the wisdom, the strength of it is used as a contrast. So therefore, God says, if you're really going to get revelation about me, I've got to send the negative first. <laughs> so I'm going to let a little hell come first. Oh, praise God. I'm going to let a little death come first. I don't quite understand what you're saying. Well, let me put it to you like this. In God's plan, how else would you know his nature as a redeemer if sin hadn't entered the picture first? So when Adam and Eve fell on that, you know, we all said, well, he's in a panic. He wasn't in a panic. He said, oh, no, 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 no. This has to happen to reveal me as a redeemer. Oh, praise God. That's the reason why that hell cannot prevail. It's because even if it costs humanity to fall, God says, it's nothing but a part of my plan. I've got a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I need this to happen so I can reveal myself to you as a redeemer. Woo, praise God. Let me go to the heart of this right now and just tell you, amen. You know, how else would you know that he's a healer if sickness had to come first? How else would you know he's a way maker, Moses, if you hadn't got to the Red Sea and couldn't go nowhere first? How else would you know that he can provide until you've looked around and said, I don't know where to turn or who to turn to? The negative has to come first. It's the backdrop that God allows to be painted. He said, this has got to come so you can understand the opposite of it. Praise God. In other words, whatever hell produces in your life, God says, thank you. And he just steps into the picture and says, it's nothing but a contrast and a backdrop for you to comprehend me. That's how come the next time hell comes down your road, you ought not panic and call the pastor. I got to talk to you. You ought to come to church shouting and dancing and rejoicing. You ought to say, you know what, devil? You just gave it away. There's a revelation coming. There's understanding coming. There's illumination coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mercy. Hallelujah. Maybe that's what Paul meant when he said, I would rather glory in my infirmities. Not pity myself in my infirmities, 
not want to sit down and talk to you about my infirmities not want you to feel sorry for me about my infirmities he said I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me if I'm going to get a revelation of the power of Christ I've got to have the flip side I've got to have the opposite that's infirmity oh praise God praise God but he said I asked God to remove it three times and finally he said my grace is sufficient Paul I'm trying to show you something through all of this yes you got revelation about a lot of stuff but now I'm going to show you the revelation of the sufficiency of grace doesn't matter where I put you doesn't matter what's going on it cannot win and it cannot prevail because this is built upon revelation oh help me Holy Ghost now see I, I got a little confused the other day. Now, 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 this is where I, I really want to talk to you. I got a little confused the other day. Because I, I got to reading in uh, the book of Psalms. And uh, it, it said that uh, the secret place of God is in darkness. <laughs> and I thought, God dwells in darkness. Yeah. And it says that even darkness and thick clouds is his pavilion and I thought God have mercy now God are you light or are you darkness you got me confused I've been preaching all my life that God is light and I just found out that your pavilion is darkness <laughs> I don't mind telling you it really kind of had me intrigued and a couple Sundays ago I Sit on the computer. I said, I'm going to run all this out. See if, see if I can't find something on this. Because there's something to all this. And uh, then I got to finding out that there's several places that this dark cloud is mentioned. Moses. Peter, James, and John. Abraham, when he goes out with the burning censer. And a thick cloud of darkness comes over him. And I said, God, you're going to have to help me understand this because I'm, and this is kind of what I got on it. I am light. When you get to me, I'm light. But my pavilion, where I hide myself, is in darkness. Because to have true value of the light, you have to have darkness first. Because if you ever get the light and you've never been through the darkness, you don't appreciate, you don't value, you can't even really comprehend the light. Oh, help me preach now, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I thought, oh my God. So then I realized that actually what God does is he's light, but he shrouds himself in darkness. He said, this is to separate those that just want to gaze upon me from those who really want to know me. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. See, there's not one person in this building tonight that is not interested in the supernatural. There's not one person in this building tonight that's not interested in seeing healing signs, wonders, miracles. There's not one person in this place that's not interested in seeing the things of God. 
But if we're not careful, it is only out of curiosity. Now, I'm going to preach about it right now. Amen. God, God gets to talk to Moses. And Moses said, now, God, I, I wish you'd talk to all of the people. And God said, all right, I'll tell you what you do. Bring them to the mountain. And I will cause a thick cloud of darkness to come down upon that mountain. And I will speak to them as the voice of a trumpet. And brother, when the people seen the cloud and they started hearing that trumpet, they started backing up. They said, Moses, you go talk to God. We, we don't want to talk to God now. You, 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 you go on up there, Moses. You, 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 just, you just go talk to God yourself and forget about us. We, 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 we don't want to talk to him. This is too fearful. We, we, we can't do this, Moses. And the Bible says that Moses went up into a thick cloud of darkness. And as he's traveling, God spoke to him and said, Moses, I did this. I brought this cloud. Let Israel come and just gaze upon me and perish. I'm not interested in people just coming and gazing out of curiosity. I'm not interested in revealing my secrets to people who are just curious by nature and will not value it nor appreciate it. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not interested in those things, Moses. Amen, amen. I want to know. And this is what separates it. This is what determines because once you start transcending into the darkness... It's kind of like little kids say, I'm, I'm afraid of the dark. And there's a certain aspect of fear that comes because you don't see too clearly in the dark. And I'll tell you something else, you might as well hear it. There is no dignity in the dark. You're just stumbling and fumbling around. You're just trying to find your way. You know he's up there somewhere. You know he spoke to you and told you to come to the top of the mountain. But you're just stumbling through the darkness. And everybody else is down at the bottom of the mountain saying, we don't want to have nothing to do with it. But there's something in your heart that says, I just, I just got to climb a little higher. I, I got to take another step. It may not be today, but maybe tomorrow. I'll come up out of this darkness. And when I come up out of it, there'll be some light. And when I see the light, I'll value it. I will appreciate it. Help me, help me, help me. Woo, hallelujah. I wonder how many tombstones are in the dark. I wonder how many didn't even get started. I wonder how many that was going through the darkness and said, it's not worth it. I got news for you. If you ever transcend out of the darkness and you step one time into that glorious light, you will say, it's been well worth the trip. My side got to aching, but it was all right. I wanted to turn around and go back a few times, but I had my mind made up. I got to keep climbing. I can't go back. I can't turn around. One of these days, I'm going to come out. And when I come out, hallelujah, hallelujah. See, I'm preaching to people that's in darkness right now. I'm preaching to people right now, brother, hell, that don't even understand what God's doing in your life. I'm pre preaching to people that just kind of rocking on in life, and then all of a sudden, it's like the lights went out. Boom. 
My God, where'd you go? And then you say, God, what are you doing to me? And he says, answering your prayer request. Well, God, what do you mean answering, answering my, my prayer request? Well, I heard your camp meeting last year. I heard you when you were weeping around the altar. I want to know you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to be used of you. I want to be effective. I want to help people. He said, I'm just answering your prayer request. I gotta take you through the how else are you gonna be able to witness to people see some of you want the testimony but you don't want the test praise God hallelujah some of you want the ministry but you don't want the price tag some of you want apostolic power but you don't understand apostolic power requires a tremendous price Oh, I feel the help coming now. Praise God. Some, oh, I want to be effective. I want effective ministry. Do you not know that effective ministry summarized in the life of Jesus Christ? We have the high priest which is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And the only way for you to be effective is to be touched by what people are touched by. And if the world lies in gross darkness, ever so often God says, I got to take you back through the darkness. So when you come out, it's not just an appreciation, but you'll know how to relate to somebody. You can look at somebody say I've been there I've stumbled through the dark I've tripped in the dark I've had to get up in the dark but let me tell you something he was with me every step of the way I maybe couldn't see him but he was there See, see, you like to hear people tell stories. I can remember Sister Aretha when you're, pardon me, Sister Jones, when your dad come preach for me one time, got telling all those stories about God providing and money in his coat. Man, I got all excited. Man, I, I want some of those testimonies. I really didn't know what I was asking for. And it didn't dawn on me. Before you can have those testimonies, you've got to be broke. <laughs> oh, I like this. Boy, that sounds good. Boy, people can really. Oh, I, I want to be a preacher like that. Praise God. I want to talk about finding money taped to my steering wheel. And <laughs> he come through there one time preaching. He twirled around on me. Brother, Brother Hale. I'm telling you, some of these folks tell me they're broke. They, they don't even know the word broke. Now, they might be badly bent, but they don't know what broke is. Bro, we were broke. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. And uh, some folks, when they're broke, that means they're down to the 401K, down to the retirement, down. <laughs> Brother, if I tell you I'm broke, that means I am so poor I can't even pay attention, praise God. <laughs> and, and he whirled around on me one night and he said, Brother Morgan, I see a vault opening above you and money flowing out. And your wife's pocketbook full of money. I'm like, my God, I prophesy on. Speak on, brother. I'm, yeah, I, I, can, I can handle them kind of prophecies. I, I've had enough of these guys coming through 
somebody's going to die and they're sinning the church. And it's kind of refreshing now, you know. And especially since it's me that this vault's going to open on. And, and I started planning what I was going to do with that money. And, <laughs> and I thought it was bad. But it kind of went from here. We went from the bottom floor into the basement. Instead of, you know, it, it got worse. But when he prophesied that to me, I was so excited. I said, why don't you come back and preach for me? I can handle some of that preaching. Come on back and prophesy some more of that prosperity stuff, praise God. <laughs> some of you can about to relate to what I'm talking about. So I had him scheduled to come back. I'm telling you, Brother Hale, it got, it got bad. I mean, bad. I went to the airport to pick him up. Of course, he don't say five words to you the whole trip, but... How you doing, Brother Morgan? Oh, I'm doing fine. And the whole trip I kept thinking, you, yeah, Brother Morgan, you false prophet, I can't believe you prophesied all this stuff going to come to pass. And, oh, yeah, I got a fault, all right. It, it fell right on me. It, it crushed me. I'm dead meat now. That's what I need, all this prophesied stuff. I'm laying out. You didn't tell me how heavy these vaults were. I'm talking to somebody right now. See, people whirl around and they say stuff to you in the Holy Ghost. And it's light. It's light. It's future light. It's God pointing saying, this is what's at the top of the mountain. And so people get all excited. Oh, I'm headed to it. But what they don't understand is before they get to the fulfillment and they get to the light, there's a thick cloud of darkness that has to receive them up. Because that's what determines whether or not you really believe it. And a lot of people fail the test in the darkness in the world and say, false prophet. False prophet. Had the devil come in the other day and he was doing his dead level best. Oh yeah, all these folks prophesying stuff to you and telling you stuff. And, and look where you're at now. Look what's going on. And I got to the point the other day I said, you know what? I don't need no more prophecies. I can't handle no more prophecies. <laughs> I got so frustrated, I said, dear God, I don't need anybody else saying that they have a word for me. I can't take much more of this word stuff right now, amen. And then I realized what the devil was doing. He said, I want to destroy you in this darkness. I want to kill you in this darkness. I want to take you out in this. I'm talking to somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. God made you a promise of some apostolic stuff, and you're confused because all you thought was light. But now you've walked into the darkness, and you can't even see your hand in front of your face. And you're wondering, God, I thought you said this was going to happen. I thought you said this was what's going to take place. I want to preach to you tonight. Hell's not going to win if you'll just keep walking. It cannot win. That darkness is the contrast to the light. Brother Hell, I, 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 I hesitate to go here, but, and I, I won't say very little about this, very little about it, but if you, I got back from Manila back in January, and, and, and I, you know, I've been through this enough to know, well, just get braced up. But brother, I, I thought I was braced. But I'm telling you, come the 1st of February, I cannot explain to you. I, I, there's, there words, words fail me to tell you how dark it was. I used to laugh at people that talked about stuff like this. Finally, after two or three weeks, my wife said, I'm going to take you to the doctor. You've got to go to the doctor. I mean, I, I didn't preach. I quit preaching for a month. I didn't preach anywhere. I just, I just shut down. 
Come on, so you got to go to the doctor. I got to find out what's wrong with you. And I was so, it was so different than the way I normally am. So I get to the doctor, and, and, and he's my family doctor. And, and, and I get in there, and he starts talking. Finally, he just said, ain't nothing wrong with you, Reverend, but you burn out. You've stressed yourself out. You've gone too fast. And he said, you're just having panic attacks and anxiety. And he said, I'm going to prescribe something for you. He said, take these a few months, and you'll be all right. He said, if this don't work, I'm going to give you some tranquilizers. And so I got ready to leave, and my wife, she said, Doctor, I'm telling you, he ain't going to take them. I know him, he's not going to take them. And he said, oh, he'll take them. It'll get bad enough, he'll take them. So I got, I got up to leave, and, and I was already mad. And I got to the door, and, and he insulted me then. He didn't insult me, he insulted my God. He said, oh, by the way, what kind of business are you in again? I turned and said, you know what I am, I'm a preacher. He said, oh, yeah, a preacher, I forgot that God stuff. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I hope you don't misinterpret what I'm about to tell you. But it got so dark, I prayed to die. I begged God to kill me. I begged him. I pleaded with him, kill me. Take me out. I can't live like this. I cannot take this. I don't want this. This is where this darkness stuff started. I kept thinking, my God, something's wrong with me. The doctor's saying all this stuff, and I can't think, and I'm in this cloud, and I'm in this fog. And, and a little prophetess called me early one morning. She said, Brother Morgan, the Holy Ghost showed me something. I seen you climbing up a mountain, and there was a dark cloud that you were going into. But if you can just get through that dark cloud, she said, when you get to the top, she said, there'll be such radiant light. And that's where I tried to figure out. I thought you were light, God. Yet, darkness. Is this the devil or is it God? Is it physical or is it spiritual? And personally, it all plays off of each other. Whatever affects you spiritually affects you physically. And physical affects the spiritual. It just That's the way it is. Are you listening to me? It got so bad one morning. I was laying there in bed and I kept thinking, God. I mean, I had the cover pulled up over my head. And I was just laying in bed. And I kept thinking, God, you've got to help me. I can't find you. I don't know where you're at. Will you not at least speak to me? Will you not at least show me? I couldn't feel God. I couldn't find him. They were singing a while ago about coming through in faith. I'm going to tell you something. Faith is not your emotions. Faith is when there's absolutely nothing emotional there and you can't feel God. And the only thing you got left is the Word. That's faith. That's faith. You don't feel an ounce of anything, but you just keep hanging to the Word. The Word, 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 and the devil. <laughs> I want to help somebody right here. And I'm laying there, and I'm telling you, that nasty lying devil got in there and then he started telling me. It was, it was so weird, brother. But hell, it's like I suffered every emotion you could experience in the negative. One minute I'm going to die at the heart attack. Next minute I had a, I had a tumor. <laughs> and then he, I'm going to kill you at the stroke. And he was telling me all the stuff. Your ministry's over. You're cracked up. People hear about this kind of stuff. You used to make fun of people like this. I used to say to people like this, oh, it's all in your head. Just snap out of it. Come on, you're all right. People, you're crazy. Just come on, you'll be all right. And then I went in the darkness. I said, hey, this is real. 
and I don't see an exit. And I'm laying there, I said, God, you gotta help me. You gotta help me. You gotta help me. You gotta help me. And I and I and I got up and I was so frustrated. I said, God, I'm screaming, God, you've got to help me. And all of a sudden I just felt impressed to get my Bible. And I opened it, I just felt impressed to read Job chapter one. And so I read down through Job chapter one. And all of a sudden this little thought started coming. And said, now before Satan could do anything to Job, what did he have to do? And I said, well, God, he had to get permission. He said, that's exactly right. He had to get permission, didn't he? I said, yeah, he had to get permission. He said, now, I want to ask you a question. After he got permission, what did he do? I said, well, he went and killed Job's kids. He took his wealth and his health. He said, that's right. He said, do you find anywhere in there prior to the devil doing that stuff to Job that he told him first what he was going to do? I said, no. He said, in other words, once he got permission, he just did it. Mm-hmm. He didn't brag about it, did he? No. No pre-warnings? No. See, I'm from Missouri, kind of hard-headed. It takes a while for us to catch on. I said, Lord, I don't quite understand what you're saying. He said, in other words, once he gets permission, he doesn't tell you, he just does it. So if he's telling you what he's going to do, what he's really telling you is, I don't have permission. Because if I had permission, I would have already done it. If he could kill you, brother, they'd be singing at your funeral already. If he's telling you what he's going to do, what he's really letting you know is, I don't have permission to do this or I'd already got it done. Woo. All of a sudden, I see little lights start coming through that darkness. <laughs> my wife thought I really lost my mind then, Brother Johnson, because I started screaming as loud as I could. Somebody needs to tell the devil right now, oh, shut up, you liar. You just let the cat out of the bag. You telling me what all you're going to do? You let me know you don't have permission. Woo. Come on, preacher, the devil telling you you can't build that building. He's giving, telling you, you got permission to do it. Go ahead and do it. He's telling you what he's going to do to your family. You need to rejoice tonight. Let him know you can't do it. 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 You can't do it on your best day. Let me close with this. Let me close with this. See, I, uh, 
this, 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 this is where I want to end right here. I, I remember one night praying and seeking God. Matter of fact, somebody called me a few days prior to it. And said, set your house in order. Your ministry is fixing to change. And so I entered a time of prayer and fasting, seeking the Lord. And, and uh, just a lot of unusual things happened there in the next few days. One night at the house, I was praying, and I heard a door open. I, heard, I mean, it, I heard it open. And I was praying about apostolic ministry and, and gifts and the power of God working in the church. And I was hungry for it. And I knew that God had opened a door. And without really giving it much thought, I just, in my mind and my spirit, I just walked through well, then I heard it shut behind me. And I could still hear the, the, the finality of that sound. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, you have now entered a place of no return. And instead of joy filling my heart, because he said, now tomorrow, he gave me two messages and, and, and revelations, I should say, about the miraculous and God's perspective of the miraculous and stuff. And then he said, tomorrow night, I will perform miracles in the service. I will heal everybody in the building tomorrow night. I was like, whoa. So Sunday morning I got up and man, we had church. We shouted around the house. And I announced healing service that night. We're gonna have a healing service tonight. Brother, we got to church that night. Oh God. It was it was tight. I mean, it was horrible. And I sit there going, Oh my God. What am I going to do? So I preached this message God gave me the night before. I thought of this. I preached and they just. Man, that ain't what happened to me when I got it. But, and then I said, okay. I want everybody who needs a healing tonight. Stand up, line up down that center aisle. We'll pray for you. And the first lady in the line had Parkinson's disease. And she's shaking. And I'm up there thinking, you know, God, we could have started out with headaches or <laughs> back aches or toe aches. Something we can't see. But no, you 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 want you want to do this. I don't feel an ounce of nothing. And I said, okay, let's pray, and I'm gonna come down there and lay hands on y'all and pray for you. And I felt a boldness I mean just a boldness now I don't know if you I don't know what your interpretation of the gift of faith is but see I believe every man's given a measure of faith and we exercise that faith and that faith increases by extra, extra and stuff and we we increase our faith and all but there's things that we meet that our faith is not the equivalent of and when it's not I believe that's where the gift of faith comes in God says I'm gonna give you a little extra faith and so I stepped down there, and before I could get to her, I started to reach out to pray for her. I mean, she went to twisting and jerking, and, and I was like, my God. Son, I'm going to have to get that thing injured. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, boy, she, and then all of a sudden she just stopped. Hell, she looked at me, and, and we both realized about the same time, my God. It's gone. Well, when the lady behind her seen it, she had real severe back problems. All of a sudden, she just starts twisting and jerking. And, and I mean, it. 
I didn't get to lay hands on nobody. I mean, it went down that aisle just like electricity. Shout out. It just hit them. They just start and they'd fall out of heel. I was like. Don't be surprised what happens in this camp meeting. I said, don't be surprised what God does in this camp meeting. You think we just come to hear good preaching? You're, you're in the wrong place, honey. I'm praying that God blows this place up with a Holy Ghost explosion and the gifts of the Spirit operate and the power of God begins to move and when we leave here, we'll set this state on fire with Holy Ghost revival. Well, I, I, I got to quit. Sit, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. You have a 90-minute tape or a 60-minute? Okay, I, I'm still got a little, I don't want two tapes. <laughs> I'm trying to break your reputation. I don't want two tapes. <laughs> well, instead of getting excited about it, I got fearful. I'm like, because this is what I thought. This is what I thought. God... All these folks that start operating these gift stuff, they end up wacko going to Waco. <laughs> they end up crazy. And I started thinking, all these people I knew went way off on the deep end. I was like, my God, I don't want this stuff. But then I remember you've been in a place of no return. So I'm kind of trapped here. trapped I'm talking to some of you right now trapped you can't go back and fearful to go forward because it's it's dark you see when God starts using some of this stuff you, 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 you just kind of you, you, you fumble and you stumble and I was like and I said God I don't want to be destroyed so one morning I get a phone call. This little prophet's lady. Thank God for Holy Ghost filled folks that can hear from God. About 7 o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, I was wanting to lay before the Lord. Maybe he'd speak to me in a dream, you know. But she interrupted it. And, and she said, Brother Morgan, have not you been praying? How can a man be used of God in the gifts and not be destroyed? Well, I sat straight in bed. I said, Yes, ma'am, I, I have been. She said, I want to tell you the answer, son. Don't ever forget it. She said, but gifts operate from, through, and by love. And the moment you operate them outside the confines of love, they will turn and destroy you. Don't ever forget it. I said, all right, all right. Where the hell? I kind of I shied away from some of that stuff. Oh, when it come, I, was, I just didn't want to press it too much. But a few weeks ago, it got on me. I felt it stirring. And I made a bad mistake because while it felt a stirring, I picked up a book by a man by the name of John G. Lake, early pioneer Pentecostal. Spokane, Washington, a five-year period of time, they had 10,000 documented miracles. They had so many miracles happen that the Better Business Bureau come and try to shut them down because they said, you're practicing medicine without a license. They had prayer booths 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Anytime you need a healing, you walked in, they took you to one of those prayer booths. They constantly stayed in the church praying. 
They take you one of those prayer booths and lay hands on you. And if you wasn't healed, they send you to the second prayer booth. And somebody in there would discern the sin in your life. Because they didn't treat sin with such passiveness like we, or sickness like we do sometimes. They believe that sin, I'm not saying this is the case, but they believe that sin was a spiritual problem. Or sickness was a spiritual problem. And that's how they dealt with it. And I got to reading that and I got to thinking, God, where is your power? Maybe you don't think about stuff like that. God, we got people hurting and they're sick. We got people that are fighting devils. We got all this stuff going on. And we're just kind of happy to have a little emotional experience on Sunday night. But where is your power? Where is your spirit? Where is the depth of the spirit? Where is that anointing that comes? Where is it at? Where is it at? I'll tell you where it's at. It's just beyond the darkness. And I'm going to tell you right now, you hear this preacher. There are things going to be released against us. There are things going to happen. You might as well get ready for it. God's going to shake your world. I, I wish I could tell you something different, but God's going to shake your world because there's a whole dimension of apostolic stuff out here that the Holy Ghost is desires to bring this North American church into. <clears throat> and here, and I'm not, I, I, I realize I've set myself up here and I'm not trying to make myself as an example here tonight and this is not what I'm saying this for. But this is what I was saying the other day. This is, this is the distinct difference between those <clears throat> who enter into this and are destroyed and those that are not. People that never went through the darkness and just gazed upon it end up perishing. But people that went through the darkness and they've been through the peril, when they finally come out on the other side and God hands it to them, they treasure it. They appreciate it. They understand the value of it. They understand and they say the statement, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. This is not something to flaunt. This is not something to brag about. This is not something to bring glory to humanity. God, I'd have, I'd have died in the darkness if you had to help me. Woo. I'm through. I promise you I'm through with this. So a few months ago, I had an unusual dream. Am I taking too long? I had an unusual dream. And in the dream, I seen three women standing. The one in the middle was bent over. I'll not talk about this. I'll try not to talk about this anymore this week. The one in the middle was bent over, doubled over. And there's two women on the side. And I said, what's wrong? They said, she has cancer. I said, she has cancer. I said, she has cancer. I said, it's not cancer. I said, this is a tormenting spirit sent from hell to buffet us. And when I said that, this woman's head snapped up. And I was looking in the face of Sister Tenny. And brother, the hell her eyes looked like they're coming out of her eye sockets. And it was like panic and fear. And I prayed a prayer. She fell backwards and I felt the spirit. It was gone. And I knew God had delivered. But it bothered me. I couldn't figure it out. There's a lot about it. I couldn't figure it out. So finally a few weeks ago I said, God, I don't understand that dream. He said, I showed you Sister Tenny because Sister Tenny and the organization is in charge of prayer the network of prayer and I'm showing you people that are praying and seeking me but there has been released against them a tormenting spirit of fear to try to stop them 
but I'm going to bring a spirit of deliverance to the church. And through this, the power of God's going to demonstrate itself. And you're going to see. And I have been shocked at how many people since that time that I've found. And when you finally got them honest, they'd say, you know what? I've been struggling with the spirit of fear. I've been tormented. Well, you know what? If you can just keep going through the darkness. The church is about to move, Brother Hale, into a dimension of the Spirit. Ooh, I feel it moving here right now. I'm through preaching. Uh, uh, Jesus. Jesus. Let's pray. Come on, lift your voice. Let's pray here a moment. Let's pray. Come on, pray. I want to tell somebody the joy of what you're about to birth is going to be much greater than the pain that it cost you. Come on. Come on, he endured the cross. He endured the cross. He endured the cross. You really don't want him to take the darkness away until he's fulfilled in your life what he needs to fulfill. Because if he takes the darkness and you get to the light and you gaze upon it, you just might perish. My God. My God. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. Come on, some of you is getting an answer right now. The last few months and the last couple years have been hell on earth for you. And you've cried, God, what's going on? What are you doing? I'm taking you through the darkness so I can get you to the light. But I just want you to know, hell's not going to win. I'm using this as a contrast. So when I finally give it to you, you'll know the value of it. I feel deliverance in this place right now God wants to set some of you free from fear right now I'm talking to some of you the devil of hell has been tormenting your mind he's been tormenting your mind come on there's hope in this place tonight the Holy Ghost is talking to you right now I've got you by the hand I'm going to take you through it I'm going to take you through it I've got you by the hand I know you may not be able to see me but I'm leading you even through the darkness don't you know when you get to the darkness you're at my dwelling place don't you know when you get to the darkness it's my that's how close you are to me you're at my dwelling place now you're at my pavilion if you could just walk on a little further mercy you've been battling going through a through a darkness I want you to stand to your feet right now preacher saint it don't matter I wouldn't care what anybody thought right now Simon Simon Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail thee not. 
when thou art converted or when you come through this. Strengthen the brethren. When you come through this, you're going to help others that are coming through it. When you come through this, you're going to be able to tell people that's going through the darkness. I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes just a moment. You know, I don't... Where the hell, if this is all right, I'm not much of a camp meeting speaker, but I'll sure treat this thing like it's a revival. I got a phone call a few weeks ago, about 2.30 in the morning. It's a despondent pastor on the other end. He said, Brother Morgan, I need to talk to you. I said, what's wrong? He said, my wife's laying here in bed and she's weeping and I can't get her to stop. And she's fearful. She feels like she's going to die. She feels like her kids are going to die. He said, I feel impressed to call you. Can you pray? Can you help us? I said, yes, sir. I said, let me tell you something. Whatever the devil's telling you, he can't do. But see, I'd have never known that. I'd have never known that. And just a few days later, another pastor called. Brother Morgan, I want you to pray for my wife. She's really struggling with spirit of depression. And I cannot tell you how many phone calls have come. This is a rare, very real deal that's touching us. The other day I said, God, why is it that this is so powerful against us right now? What's going on? He said, don't you understand that if the enemy can take your joy and your peace, you are no different than the world. And you lose your testimony. He said, I want to give my church tremendous joy. I want to give it tremendous peace. Don't you understand hell's trying to take you out? And I just want to tell you this. Revelation chapter 12. Michael and his angels fought. The dragon and his angels fought. But read the first three words of the next verse. And prevailed not. Can't stop him from fighting you. Can't stop him from warring against you. But you just remember, he can't win. He can not win. Now do me a favor, would you? Those of you that are standing, I just want you to turn and look across this congregation right now. I want you to look at how many people are standing. Or the hell, maybe I'm out of place by saying this, but I feel to say it. I sat by my phone many a night, begging God. God, would you just lay me on somebody's heart and have them call me? And what happens to the enemy wants to make you feel like you're all alone, totally isolated. And we do need to learn, and I include myself in this, how to help each other. And we're going to help each other tonight. 
I believe this district's about to break through into a dimension of revival. Brother Hill, I remember standing on this platform prophesying that one day they would say, what is this that's come from the mountains? And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hell's fighting and warring against you. And there's darkness, but I'm telling you, just beyond that darkness, that's where God, that's God, that's light. You want to tap into something? You're talking about revival. You're talking about churches exploding into revival. I feel deliverance in this house right now. I feel a strong spirit of deliverance in this place right now. I feel a wind about to blow in here and deliverance about to move and touch some of you right now. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost fixing to move in this place right now. I feel a ripple of it already. Somebody, you know what? You're just a few steps from coming out of the darkness. Matter of fact, there's some of you while you're in this camp meeting, you're going to transcend right out of that darkness. And God's going to give you something in this camp meeting that's going to change your life, your ministry, your church, your family. Woo. You know what? Hold it please just a second. I, you know, I know I, I've been down this road enough to know. In, in this, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it to somebody here. I'm just going to say it to somebody here. Jesus said, say not ye four months and then come up a harvest. In other words, basically there's four months and then there's a harvest. And I'm telling somebody right now, I, I'm not saying literal four months, but it's been four months. It's been four months. It's been four months of not saying anything come to fruition. But the harvest is before you right now. You're fixing to walk out of that darkness. and I'm, I'm, I feel that so strong right now. You're fixing to walk right out of that darkness and it's going to be so illuminating and so bright. You're going to rejoice. There's going to be something happening in your spirit. That's, I'm talking to some of you that since you've had the Holy Ghost, you've battled with depression and darkness. It comes over you and you, you slide into it for days. I'm talking to women. I'm talking to preacher's wives right now that lock themselves in their rooms and can't even come out because of the depression and the fear and this darkness that comes. I feel authority against that demon here tonight. You're a liar. You will not hold us in captivity. You will not take our joy. You will not take our happiness. You will not take our testimony. I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I take dominion and authority over you by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of God. In the name of Jesus. Somebody's about to have something break in their spirit right now. It's been a long journey. And there's been many times that you thought I'd just quit and throw in the towel. But after this, you'll be so glad I just kept going. Every day I got up. Every day I got up, I just kept going. My, my. Listen, I, 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 I called Brother Barnes. I said, a friend of mine called and said, Brother Barnes, Brother Morgan needs to talk to you. And, and, and he said, well, have him call me tomorrow. I'll pray about what he's going through and have him call me tomorrow night. So I called him next night. Boy, I was expecting, this was this his first start. I was expecting, boy, he's going to prophet's going to say the words. It's going to go. <laughs> so he said, uh, well, what, what's going on, boy? I said, he said, yeah. 
He said, I went through the same thing when I was 50 years of age. He said, it lasted for months. I was like, oh, God. That's not what I wanted to hear. I said, what'd you do? He said, I dragged myself out of bed every morning. And I'd go look in the mirror. And I'd say these words. Every day it happened. He said, I'd say these words. Tom Barnes, you're going to live. And when you come through this, you're going to do a greater work for God than you've ever done all the days of your life. He said, one morning I said it. And when I said it, he said, I heard the birds singing. And the sun was shining. He said, I'm 80-something, 80 87 years of age. He said, that was 37 years ago. He said, I've never struggled with it since. It's never come back to me. Because in my mind, I kept thinking, God, is this going to keep coming back? And I got to think about what he said. And then the Holy Ghost gave me a scripture today. He said, he suffered once. Once you've suffered and defeated it, it's over. So I'm telling somebody, it ain't something's going to keep coming back. It's something you're going to put under your foot. Somebody ought to be shouting about it right now. You ought to start saying, I'm coming through it. I'm coming through. I'm coming through. I'm coming through. I've made up my mind. I'm going to make it. And when I get through this, when I get through this, I'm going to walk in the dimension of light I've never walked in before. My God, have mercy. Mm. Jesus. 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 I'm, I'm just kind of waiting on y'all right now. There's somebody here. You, you just one step. You're, about, you're just about to go through. Tonight's the night. This is your camp meeting. You're about to go through on the first night. We ain't waiting till Friday night. On the first night. <laughs> because the rest of the camp meeting, you're going to help others. <laughs> it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You're going to help others. You're going to walk through this camp meeting with a fresh anointing. There's going to be a spirit of deliverance and healing come through this place. I proclaim this camp meeting to be a camp meeting of healing and deliverance and miracles. I proclaim it in the name of Jesus. I proclaim that apostolic revival would break forth in this district. Come on, you're going through the darkness and you got your mind made up. Come on down that aisle saying it. I'm, I'm coming through this. Yea, though I pass through the valley. Through the valley. I'm coming through this darkness.
somebody to find one of these ministers and say, pray for me. I need a touch of the Holy Ghost tonight. Pray for me. That's it. Tell the devil. God's not giving me the spirit of fear. 